Our second scripture reading this morning comes to us from 1 John again. This time we'll find ourselves in chapter 4 in the second half of verse 16. That's 16b. I invite you now to listen for the word of God. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may stand with boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and those who fear have not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God, but hate brother and sister, are liars. For if you do not love your brothers and sisters whom you can see, how can you love God whom you do not see? The commandment we have received from him is this. If you love God, you shall love your brothers and sisters also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I was messing around on my Google machine the other day, and I was looking at those lists that they have online. You know, five ways to do this, six steps to do that. It really doesn't even matter how many, what the number is. You just put it in, six steps two, three steps two, four steps two, and you get all sorts of different stuff. I did six steps two, and I got six steps to these things. Uh, These were the top searches for six steps. Six steps uh, to learn how to meditate. Uh, Six steps to seven figures. I didn't know it was only six steps to get to seven figures and have obviously been doing it wrong. Um, Then there was one of those steps isn't being a Presbyterian pastor, I'll tell you. Um, And then one of the six steps was six steps to freedom. Like, it doesn't even say freedom from what? It just says six steps to freedom. It doesn't matter what you put on. We love our steps. How many of those lists have you seen in your lives? Five steps to do this. Four steps to do that. A healthy lifestyle. Changing a light fixture. Fixing your car. Living a better life. Learning to meditate. Steps, steps, steps. We love steps. And so as I was looking around... I found one of the most interesting lists of steps. Do you want to hear what it is? I hope so. It is the steps, there were five of them, steps, how to survive a plane crash. Five steps. I'm not going to share all five with you, just three, because I only remember three. And so these were the three that I remember. One is to pay close attention to the in-flight card with the safety instructions on it. If you know that card well, you are more likely to survive the plane crash. Number two that I want to share with you is sit tall and upright in your seat. Evidently, these were written by Emily Post on how to survive. And then the third one, and this was my favorite, wear loose clothing. So if you've ever wanted to take a flight in your bathrobe, you now have every justification because you're more likely to survive than the person in the suit. So that's how you survive a plane crash. But as I was thinking about that, as I was thinking about those steps to surviving a plane crash, 
it got me thinking about flying in general. Most people don't like to fly. They would rather drive. Most of you, given your choice, would rather drive than fly. I know for some of you this is a passionate issue. You would rather drive than fly. And it's because flying seems unsafe, right? It doesn't seem as safe as driving. But statistically, which of the two modes of transportation is the most safe? Flying, right? It's not even close. Flying is far more safer than driving. But we don't think that in our heads. Have you met very many people who say, oh, I'm afraid to drive? Almost nobody says that, but we meet people who are afraid to fly all the time. Why is that? It's because of the steps. We like the control. The steps give us control. If we just do these things, then we will survive, we will succeed, we will achieve whatever we're trying to do. And in flying, the steps we know, we know no matter how baggy our clothes are, we know that that may not save us if the plane crashes. We have no control. As soon as we get on the flight, we are washing our hands of any real control, and it terrifies us. It absolutely terrifies us. We like to feel as if we have some say in how things are going to turn out. And because we like to feel this way, because we like to feel this way, you can do the same search on the internet for salvation. Just put steps to salvation into Google and see what comes up. I will tell you, a lot comes up. A lot of different things come up when you Google that, but all of them say basically the same thing. And this, is, this was one of my favorite things that I saw this week. They'll say... Salvation does not belong to us, and we do nothing to earn it. Now, here is how you get it. I'm not kidding. That's how the articles go. And then they give you this list of steps of how you get to salvation. And the reason they do that, the reason they do that is why. It's the same reason we like steps to trying to survive a plane crash. It's because people are worried about it. People are afraid about, of it. People are wondering, what do I need to do? If salvation's a real, real thing, What do I need to be doing in order to have it? And so there's plenty of different articles that will give you the answer to that question. But the problem is, the problem is, those steps, they're kind of an illusion, just like the baggy clothes and the posture on the plane. They're not really what's going to do it. 1 John tells us something that should be comforting to us, but I think instead gives us this layer of anxiety. At the beginning of this passage, what does he say? He says, God is what? Love. God is love. And how does that love, how does that love manifest itself in our lives and in the world? Does it manifest itself in us getting whatever we want? Does it manifest itself in us having everything that we need? No. How does that love manifest itself? It manifests itself in this very particular way that on the day of judgment, we may stand with boldness. And then he elaborates on that point. He says there's no fear in love. And how are we defining fear in 1 John? What is fear of? Fear is not of crocodiles. Fear is not of plane crashes. Fear is the fear of punishment. Fear has to do with punishment. 
And love casts out that fear. The love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. It casts out that fear. When you get on the airplane, and you get on the airplane and you've read your How to Survive the Plane Crash Manual, and you get on the airplane and you sit down and you read through the safety instructions and you identify the nearest safety exit, keeping in mind it might be behind you, and you identify the nearest safety exit and you've made sure to wear your baggiest outfit and you strap yourself in to where your posture is picture perfect and you could hold a book on, your fore- on the top of your head and you've done all those things and the door to the fuselage is sealed. Do any of those things matter? No. When you step on an airplane, it is a fundamental act of trust. Who do you trust? You trust the pilots. You trust that they are well-trained. You trust that they are prepared to fly. You trust that they are going to follow the steps that they have been taught to get the plane in the air, get it to where you want it to go, and land it like it should be landed. You trust the air traffic controllers, that they're going to make sure you don't hit another plane in the sky and that they've had enough coffee that day. You trust the mechanics who worked on the plane that they used their machines appropriately, that they've run the proper diagnostic tests, that the flaps will go up and down, that the wheels will go down, that the gas will pump through the engine, causing the explosions in the engines, causing you to fly through the sky. You trust all these things that happen, and during the course of your flight, you are fully reliant on those people doing what they've been trained to do and being who they say they are in order to land the plane. This is the only proper way for us to think about salvation, according to John. Do we believe that God is love? Do you believe it? If you believe it, then it is just an act of trust. It is a simple act of trust. There's nothing you can do to change it. There's nothing you can do to manipulate it. There's no six steps to activating it. There is the simple trust that on the journey that is our lives, all sorts of things might happen to us, but the landing is in the hands of God, the God who is love, and the God whose love casts out our fear of punishment. We simply abide in that truth and in that love. We have absolutely no control over it at all. We are trusting in the nature of God and in the promises of God through Jesus Christ to be true. It would be incredibly comforting to all of us if I could simply stand up here and say, do these three things and you can spend the rest of your life knowing without a doubt how things will be at the end. Anyone who says that they can do that is not being honest with you. Salvation is the thing that belongs to God. And as we have it and think about it in our lives and we think about what happens at the end of our lives, It is just a simple act of trust. And our trust doesn't change God's nature any more than our trust of a pilot changes their ability to land the plane. 
What do they say? What's the pilot say when he gets on right before you're getting ready to take off? He'll get on and he'll say, well, welcome to this flight to Denver today. And he'll tell you about how far you're going to go and about what the weather's like at the destination. And then just as he's told you all these kind of mundane details, which I assume are designed to get us to calm down, what does he say? He says, well, sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. The love of God doesn't promise us that everything in our lives will be easy. It doesn't promise us that we'll get everything we want. But it does promise us this, that at the end of our lives, we will end up exactly where we are supposed to be. And that is wrapped in the love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So relax. Amen.